Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Thank you so much for being here. Just a reminder that you should follow me on Instagram at HRTracy. You can click the link in my show notes as well to get connected with my website, LinkedIn, all of the above. So for this week, I am going to um, really focus mostly on some pieces of advice. So I've gotten a lot of questions through Instagram mostly and some LinkedIn DMs um, around various topics or on various topics. So I don't know how long this episode will be. I guess we'll see when we get to it. But anyway, here we go. I should preface by saying if you also have, you know, any questions or want some advice, I really try to answer every single DM as quickly and as urgently as possible. Um, So I, I highly encourage that you hit me up shoot me a DM, message me. You can even send me an audio message. I'm happy to listen. Actually, sometimes I'll send those back. Anyway, one of the first questions that I received recently was really around a person being allegedly accused of creating a hostile work environment. So that is obviously super serious. And this person basically said that they vehemently disagree with the accusations and that they felt that the way the HR person brought it up was very bizarre. So the way that the HR person brought it up, I agree, pretty bizarre. They said that it was part of a performance review through an email late on a Friday and the person was off on that Friday. So I don't really know what the HR team expected when they sent that or what the HR director in this case expected, but it's really not the way that you go about those types of situations. And what was even weirder, and I did ask this person outright about this, is that they were not placed on a suspension. And that's like super, super strange because if you are, as an HR person, accusing someone of allegedly creating a hostile work environment, threatening and belittle, using th- threatening and belittling language. I mean, these were some of the phrases in that email because the person did send them that email to me. Um, I mean, you're placing that person on suspension unless there is a reason that you, you know, maybe you've already investigated it and it's unsubstantiated and you're providing this information to the person. I mean, even still, that's a weird way to go about things. So my advice to the person in this situation was basically to say, hey, thank you, HR director, for your email. You know, this is my acknowledgement of receipt of your email. Also, I, you know, as you can imagine, I'm extremely upset by, you know, these alleged concerns because I care a lot for my team and the people at so-and-so company. And it's really important to me that we meet in order for to gain some clarity on this situation. Um, and I think I had said something like, you know, or suggested saying something like, um, you know, I, I 
these are these concerns. I take these concerns extremely seriously. And I think I said I take these alleged concerns super seriously. And it's my priority that we work together to move forward. Because my my thought process to the individual is that, you know, if they're not placing you on a paid suspension or suspension in general, then either they don't have they don't have any information and they just, you know, I don't know, they're, this is how they normally go through this type of situation, or they're really, really, really not sure what's going on and they're trying to gain your perspective. At any rate, and I said this to this person, at any rate, this HR director is not handling this correctly because actually you should be on a suspension if these concerns are actually being um, brought up by employees or if they've been observed. Um, and this person totally agreed with me. And I also said, well, did you get terminated? Like, maybe that's why you're not suspended. And they were like, no, I I didn't get terminated either. I'm just on PTO. And they sent me this email. So I'll have to update you with what happens there, but it's, that's really, really bizarre. So I'm sharing this question and answer, um, piece of advice, I guess, with this person's situation, because I'm sure that this happens more often than I realize. And my best advice to you, if this happens to you, where someone is alleging, you know, hostile work environment or threatening language, or, you know, that someone has brought up these concerns, that you don't say anything in writing that you could later regret, um, or put anything in writing that actually admits guilt, especially if you feel or know that you have not done something, if you have acted in those ways, then you, I just think as a human being, like the right thing to do is to be accountable and to first and foremost, not do anything like that. But if you have to own it, because those were the actions that you decided to take. But if you, um, did not take those actions or feel that you, you know, you've been acting totally within the guidance and the, the scope of the policies, for example, and what's tolerable and appropriate, then you should be very careful not to put anything in writing that you, you know, wouldn't say in six months is, was the right thing to say. So it's always better in my experience, even on the HR side of things, to have a, a conversation. And so flipping the script there, um, if you're an HR person, I would strongly suggest that you also don't put things in writing that could hold you to those things specifically. So let's say these two parties end up going into litigation. Let's say the person who came to me sues their company and the company then has has, you know, hires their lawyers or asks their lawyers to defend them or figure out, you know, what the next best step is. Those emails, whatever you put into writing, actually can have a huge impact on the way in which you are able to mitigate risk for your company. So you want to make sure that you're not putting anything in writing on either end side of the fence, whether you're the employee in the situation or the HR person. Keep things vague when you can and don't put things in writing that you're potentially later going to regret because they pigeonhole you into some sort of accountability or, um, you know, uh, acknowledgement of guilt um, when there potentially didn't need to be. So on either side of the fence, that's my best advice. And I have seen HR professionals and employees put things in writing that I'm sure that they later regretted. So if you 
are in a position today where maybe you're even dealing with something like this right now, take a step back and really think about, okay, what is going to be an evergreen response that's going to put my company or myself, depending on who you are in the situation, in the best position to move forward in a way that works best for me. So if you're the employee in a way that works best for you, if you're the company in a way that mitigates risks for the company, um, or I should say, if you're an HR person in a way that mitigates risk for the company and, or, you know, removes the acknowledgement of guilt if there is the the possibility that there was some sort of guilt to acknowledge there. Certainly, just like I said, I think employees should, you know, be accountable when they've done something that they shouldn't have done. With companies, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, and, and this might this might sound controversial, but actually if you are in a position like an you know an HR person or a uh, decision maker for a business, you have to be careful if you do take accountability for certain things because that could actually um, increase the risk for the company from a legal perspective. So I still believe that everyone should be accountable for their actions, but you do want to make sure that you are cognizant of the actions that you are taking accountability for. Are they your personal actions or are they the company's actions? And I would totally discourage anyone who is a representative of a company from acknowledging any accountability anywhere on behalf of the company, even if it's a positive thing. Like, I think it's different if it's your personal acknowledgement and your personal accountability, but you should be very careful because, you know, companies can get a little weird about all that stuff. So you want to be, you know, just be cautious. Anything in writing lives forever. Um, so just keep that in mind. So I hope that piece of advice helps you today or in the long run. The second um, series of questions that I received from someone are actually a little bit more upsetting because they involve um, this person's leader or leadership team specifically and intentionally violating laws. So we're not just talking about policies. We are talking about state government laws. I want to preface this whole section by saying if you are an HR leader, if you are a manager, if you are in a decision-making role, it is your obligation to know the laws that you are obligated to uphold. So whether it's meal break laws in your state, schedule change laws in your state, FLSA or Fair Labor Standards Act law, meaning who is defined as salary or hourly, exempt or non-exempt, overtime eligible, not overtime eligible. Those are your core responsibilities and obligations as a person who manages and supports people. doesn't matter if you're not in HR. You have an obligation to know all of those specifics as well. So for example, if you are a manager not in HR, and you work in British Columbia or you work in New York, you should know specifically how many hours an employee needs to work before they receive a meal break. You should know specifically what requirements um, necessitate when someone is overtime eligible or not. You should know how many hours the person has to work before they're overtime eligible. You should know how many hours they have to work to be uh, eligible for double time, for example. Those are all within your obligations. And so in this question, 
um, that the person sent me, there is clear violation based on what they're sharing with me. Of course, I only know one side of the story, but clear violation and intentional violation being out of compliance of state and government regulated laws and policies. So when I'm not going to give specifics because the person asked to, you know, keep things as discreet as possible. Um, but what I will say is that if you are an employee where, and you're experiencing the same situation that this person is where their leader is specifically not following the laws. And actually this person has already shared that they have shared their concerns with their leader and leadership team around um, some of these legal uh, non-compliance issues or being out of compliance. So let's say you've already done that. You have every right to escalate. And whether, so the first step I should say is like you should escalate then to your HR partners. You should escalate to another member of the leadership team if you can, if there are other, you know, layers there. If there's a board of directors on a larger organization, you should escalate to them. If there's a hotline, an anonymous hotline, confidential hotline, you should report there. If you've done all of those things, or if those things don't exist and you've reported and escalated your report to the highest extent of your company's hierarchy, let's say, you have every right to go to the labor board. You have every right to go to your state or province's um, support or board that helps with employee disputes or employment disputes and employment issues. And I say that because, you know, it is, again, it is the obligation of the leader, of the HR person, if there is an HR person that in the organization, it is the obligation for them to escalate and address those concerns. Now, if you are an HR person, in this situation, and you've had to escalate those concerns, the same goes for you. You have every obligation to make sure that there is compliance with the law. And if you have addressed concerns where those laws are not being upheld and you are now out of compliance and the leadership team is unwilling uh, to change and actually doesn't see the urgency in changing, then again, you have every right in escalating this outside of your organization. What I will share is that although retaliation is illegal in many cases, in most cases, violates company policy, probably across the board, especially if your company has an established set of policies or a handbook, you should be prepared that your type of employment, the feeling that you get at work will change. And that's not to say that you, I mean, everyone should report concerns. Bottom line, doesn't matter whether you're worried about a retaliation or not because you should not be retaliated against. However, if you are escalating those concerns, you should know that, that you probably will not remain anonymous. And that's, I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. You probably won't remain anonymous um, if you go beyond the scope of your organization. And you and maybe you will maybe you would remain anonymous but i would imagine that if you have to go beyond the scope of your organization it might be a smaller organization and you know it, it can be a little bit tough when you work in a smaller place um but anyway be prepared that you know worst case scenario you're not anonymous and that you have to then talk through these things face to face head on and i encourage you to do that everyone deserves to have 
and to work in an environment that is healthy, that is safe, that takes care of its people. Everyone has that right. So you do have an obligation and an opportunity if you've already addressed or escalated your concerns and there has not been a formal investigation or there has not been any change over time. You have every opportunity to report it. So I would think if you are going beyond the scope of your organization to report concerns where the laws are not being upheld, that you probably are not very happy there to begin with and you should start your job search. So maybe that that happens in tandem. Maybe you're doing your job search while you're reporting these concerns. Um, But I, one, encourage you to always do the right thing. Always report your concerns internally first. That is the best way to go. I would never encourage you to report externally first unless there is a seriously urgent situation that's happening and you don't have anyone internally that you can report to. Otherwise, internally report your issue If your issue is not being addressed with urgency, depending on the situation, then yes, you should go outside. Um, Just as as an employee, I think that's the right thing to do, but especially if you're a member of the leadership team or the HR team and you're seeing those things, then yes, I I also would do that. Um, But yeah, I think it would be naive to, to assume that you know, nothing would, you know, that everything would change for the better and that there wouldn't be any impact on your experience. Again, retaliation is intolerable and there are serious lawsuits that come of retaliation cases or from retaliation. Let's say like if someone is, has proven that they've been retaliated against, there have been very uh, clear wins in litigation against, you know, because of retaliation. So, I would say that that 99% of the time will not happen. But if you're in an environment where already the law is being neglected and these concerns have been addressed, then you should probably just, for the the betterment of yourself and putting yourself in the best situation possible to be able to not only like protect yourself, but also do the right thing and report these concerns so that others don't have to experience the same things. Um, you should probably just plan to find a different job and be in a better environment and know that you still did the right thing. Even if you leave, you did the right thing because you've reported a concern and if it's beyond the scope of the organization because the organization internally wasn't handling it, then that means that someone is going to make sure that it gets handled and fixed. It's not a perfect solution. We hope that labor boards, like when they have to be pulled in, that they do the right thing. Um, But it does unfortunately kind of come down to the person in charge. I mean, in private companies, I actually don't really know how it works. I mean, maybe they receive citations and fines. I know that that's definitely true. But if it's a private organization, which I'm not totally clear whether or not this person works in a public or private organization, but if it is a private organization, even if they're, let's say they're fined $20,000 for various violations, depending on the number of violations, it doesn't mean that they're going to permanently change. Actually, the best case scenario would potentially be to recommend that they bring on an HR consultant or an HR director, someone to manage all of the legal compliance, you know, issues and, and responsibilities and requirements, because it is a lot. It's a lot for someone who potentially is not in HR. Um, but 
I think that, again, this comes back to every company, every leader, every person having an obligation to, you know, toe the line and know where the law starts and stops. Um, And based on what this person shared with me, it's very clear that this person, this leader is making very specific decisions to intentionally negate the law. And that's not okay. And this person has internally reported it. And so I would certainly encourage them to escalate to what, you know, whatever means necessary in order to, you know, have, have a compliant workplace because it does when, when companies and organizations are out of compliance with state laws, it creates an incredible amount of hostility and tension. And I'm sure it creates uh, turnover, for example. Um, but it certainly creates a hostile work environment. And actually that is equally as, um, intolerable and employees, again, they have a right to be in an environment that's happy, healthy, uh, compliant, you know, and will take care of them. And when I say take care of employees, it doesn't mean that you're going to give every employee healthcare benefits. No, it means that you're going to give them a good place to work devoid of hostility and tension and non-compliance. So if you are listening to this and you're a leader and you can't, say with 100% certainty that you are creating a positive work environment for your employees, you are doing something wrong and you need to change. So, you know, that might sound harsh, but someone's got to tell you. So if it's going to be me, let it be me. Um, But you have to change if you're not creating that. Or if you're not in the, the position to make decisions, but you have been, you know, these types of things have been reported to you and you haven't done anything about it, you are just as wrong as the person actively working against the law. So you also need to change. You need to be part of the change. And so you too, if you're listening and you have had these types of concerns reported to you and you've not escalated them or you've not applied pressure to make sure that there's some sort of change to ensure that those things stop and that there is uh, you know, a positive work environment for all employees, then you have an obligation to, you know, to do better and to do more. I mean, imagine if you were the employee in the situation reporting these concerns and your leader didn't do anything about it. I mean, that certainly would not feel good. So we're at, we're at the time for this week's episode. Those two situations are similar and yet so different. My best advice to you whether you're an employee, a manager, an HR person, is to just do the right thing. Do the right thing. You know everything is available to you online. You can Google every question that you have and find an answer to it. You can message me. You can ask me, hey, does this, you know, do these people qualify as as part-time? Do they qualify as full-time? Like, I'm happy to answer any question under the sun. Does, like... Do these, is this uh, t-shirt professional? Like, I don't care what question it is. I'm happy to answer, but do the right thing. If you're not putting in the due diligence, if you are not doing your due diligence to do the right thing, you are part of the problem. And I feel like, you know, this is the 38th episode. We've talked a lot about navigating certain situations, but we haven't quite talked about if you, the listener, are part of the solution. 
So I just hope that after this episode, you think about your own actions and you think about, am I being part of the solution or am I not being part of the solution? Because unless you can say, yes, I am being part of the solution, you are a part of the problem. So I don't know if these two individuals are going to listen to this episode. They might. They might not. Some people actually who follow me on Instagram don't listen to the podcast at all. So maybe I'll send them this episode. Hopefully this helps. Um, I'm sure this will help more than just those two individuals. At any rate, again, you can follow me on Instagram at HRTracy. I will have so much more content coming hopefully in a few weeks, the next coming weeks, I should say. I'm hoping to actually do a bit of a recap on the last 40 episodes so we'll see how that goes because in two weeks from now I'll be on my 40th episode which is insane anyway I hope you have a lovely week ahead of you and um, if I don't connect with you on Instagram then I will see you right back here next week don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and we will speak soon see you next week